0: Tea Biz Podcast delivers tea news that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Tea is a fascinating and intricate topic, far more complex than anyone can master. Our expertise resides in storytelling by professionals who know the tea lands from birth and speak the native tongue. We believe that transparency is grounded at origin, which is why the T-Biz portal enlists 40 voices skilled in 12 languages to tell the story of tea. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. A billion people participate in Earth Day activities, and Earth Day organizers honor Just Ice Tea founder Seth Goldman. Iran snubs India suppliers as tea exports set a record. And a long-running drought in Kenya depresses tea yields. Plus, T-Biz travels to New Delhi this week to discuss with Vadim tea founder Balasarda a new line of 25 Indian spices that are grown free of adulterants and pesticides and manufactured without artificial colors. Vadim spices will initially be sold directly to consumers— and later offered in grocery stores. More in a minute, but first, this important message.
1: What makes a perfect
2: cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Keilani Valley, Telewakili, boga Harana, and Eliptia Tea Estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka.
0: More than 1 billion people participate in Earth Day in the past year, making it the largest civic observance in the world. This year's focus was on investing in the planet, a theme embraced by many tea companies. Quote, everyone accounted for, everyone accountable, end quote, comments Kathleen Rogers, president of EarthDay.org, who writes that the environmental awareness campaign that began in 1970 is now celebrated in 192 countries. Quote, in 2023, we must come together again in partnership for the planet. Businesses, governments, and civil society are equally responsible for taking action against the climate crisis and lighting the spark to accelerate change Towards a green, prosperous, and equitable future. We must join together in our fight for the Green Revolution and for the health of future generations. The time is now to invest in our planet. Yogi Tea is an example. During the past year, Tea members planted 300 trees in the U.S. In Germany, the company helps wild bees, and in Italy, the company hosts educational sessions and community cleanups. See com for suggestions on what individual consumers can do to make a difference. Just Ice Tea founder Seth Goldman, co-founder and CEO of Eat the Change and chair of the board of Beyond Meat, will receive Earth Day's 2023 Climate Visionary Award in recognition of his exceptional leadership and decades of tireless effort as an innovative entrepreneur, environmental, and climate activist, and philanthropist, Rogers writes that, quote, His bold passion for democratizing plant based and plant healthy foods worldwide has significantly contributed to solving the challenge of climate change and building a strong and equitable green economy. End quote. She said this year's honorees are leading the way to create widespread awareness and accelerate critical action to change the trajectory of the defining crisis of our time, the climate crisis. Goldman and several other notable Earth advocates will be recognized at Earth Day's annual Climate Leadership Gala on Saturday, April 27th at the Mayflower Hotel in Washington, D.C. Visit earthday.org to order tickets. Learn more on the T-Biz portal. Iran imported a record $665 million worth of tea in the fiscal year ended March 20th, 2023. The Islamic Republic of Iran Customs Administration has said that tea exports estimated at 44.2 million were also at record levels, increasing by 90% in the five years ending 2021. Exports were up 34.8% compared to the same period last year, according to IRICA. Volume totals exceeded the previous fiscal year high in 2014, despite cutting off trade with India. Export value totaled 38 million that year, plummeting to 6 million during the pandemic when lockdowns prohibited guest workers from nearby countries from plucking tea. Iran was once one of India's top tea export destinations, accounting for almost half of all Indian tea exports. Iran also shipped teas to India, valued at $4.3 million in 2021. In November 2022, Iran initially slowed and in December stopped sourcing tea from South India auctions by refusing to register new contracts— a requirement for landing tea at Iranian ports. The pullback remains unexplained, but may be related to internal protests and violent clashes in major Iranian cities. During the past three months, withdrawal from tea auctions has depressed auction prices for orthodox categories. The auction at Kochi is most impacted. Quote, Nobody knows what's happening in Iran, end quote, said Anshuman Kanoria, chairman of the India Tea Exporters Association. Quote, shipments have been made under previously registered contracts, but even their payments are coming very slowly. New orders are not getting registered, and it's a very difficult situation, end quote, Kanoria said. The IRICA release indicates Iran continues to import premium-grade tea from trading partners Turkey, Germany, China, Japan, Vietnam, and Poland. The main export destinations include neighboring CIS countries, as well as Iraq, Canada, Spain, and the Czech Republic. Tea is quite popular in the nation of 88 million, where annual consumption is around 120,000 metric. Tons per year, according to the Iran Tea Association. Iran's 55,000 tea farmers are concentrated in uh, Gilam province. Local suppliers in the northern portion of the country produce about 30% of domestic consumption. Growers earn around 15 million annually, that's approximately 4 trillion rials, in sales to the government, which processes the tea. Kenya Tea Development Agency officials reported this week that scarce rainfall and high temperatures have depressed first-quarter tea yields by 100 million kilos in the Mount Kenya and Embu regions. Export volumes declined by 19% in 2022 to 450 million kilograms, the first drop in export volume since 2017 output fell slightly to 535 million kilograms because of unfavorable weather. KTDA Chair David Aichoho told a gathering of 225 directors representing 37 factories that the demand for Orthodox tea from Kenya is rising. Quote, Orthodox tea, which includes oolong green, white, or black tea, has a high demand, and KTDA has identified markets that require more than 2 million kilos annually, end quote, he told the directors. Aikoho said KTDA is initiating a program supporting the processing of orthodox tea for export. Kenya currently exports 95% of its tea, with only 5% consumed in the domestic market. Business Insight. Meanwhile, in West Bengal, India, weeks of temperatures between 35 and 40 degrees centigrade have inhibited the second flush harvest now underway. A lack of rain has encouraged infestations of red spider mites that feed on yellow tea leaves weakened in the extreme heat. There has been no rain for 15 days, complicated by high winds that increase evaporation. Tea yields average between 1,200 and 1,500 kilos per hectare in the Duars. Yields average 2,200 to 2,400 kilos per hectare in bordering Assam. India's tea exports for the 2022-23 financial year registered a 17.6% increase in value to more than $800 million U.S. dollars. Arvinda Anantharaman in Bengaluru reports on sale 15 tea auction prices.
2: India tea price report for sale 15, the week ending 15th April 2023. Indian tea exporters have expressed concern about exports to Iran. Anshuman Kanodia, chairman of the Indian Tea Exporters Association, has said that export prospects are not as bright as they were last year. Iran, which is a big market for Indian Orthodox tea, has not filed new contracts, and there's also been a problem with payments. This concern was also echoed by Deepak Shah, chairman of the South India Tea Exporters Association. Tajiling is also seeing a sluggish demand for top quality tea, European and Japanese buyers, for the mainstay for the season's tea have been reluctant to pay the expected prices. And this despite low production, as weather continues to see-saw between normal and abnormal temperatures and rainfall. There is a heat wave across India, in fact, the Duars are witnessing a scorching April with Daytime temperatures, 4 to 5 degrees, above normal. And the gardens here have been turning to irrigation to keep leaves from drying up. And pest attacks have also been on the rise. In uh, auction, sale 15 saw about 7,600 tons of tea on offer with a 67% sale volume. The BP grades ranking highest from North India and dust grades top ranking in the south. The volume of CTC and orthodox tea on offer in North India increased significantly in the sale compared to sale 14 of this year. Rajaling also did not have a big presence. In South India, where there was no sale last week in question in Coimbatore, saw a high volume of CTC dust on offer, up from 238 tonnes in sale, 13 to 2,251 tonnes this week, and a sale volume of 88%. Average price was 132 rupees a kilo. The heat wave across India, the Med Department, has issued advisories. Eastern India, in particular, is seeing temperatures in excess of 40 degrees Celsius. In the tea regions, North Bengal is predicted to see dry weather with light rain on some days this week. Upper Sam is expected to see dry weather with isolated rain and thunderstorm in some parts. Dry weather continues in the Nilgiris as well with some rain later in the week. Munar is predicted to see partly cloudy sky with th- some thunder showers. Thunder shower warnings have issued in parts of the northeastern states as well.
0: Tishan si in Beijing reports on domestic tea prices compiled by 17 associations of growers of traditional tea varietals and shared by the China Tea Marketing Association.
1: China Price Watch Spring harvest tea quality is stable in China. Tasters say that aroma and delicateness are more balanced, and the freshness of the tea has improved Overall, the quality is better than in previous years, but quantities are reduced and prices have increased. In March, China swept away the haze of the previous epidemic as events and business exchanges were active. And the trade of fresh tea leaves and crude tea was booming. Green tea prices continued an upward trend beginning in February. Rising by 5 to 15 percent compared with the same period last year. Crude tea prices rose by 10 to 30 percent year on year. In Guizhou province, the price of fresh tea leaves and crude tea increased by 5 to 10 percent compared with last year. In Jiangsu province, the price increased by 15 to 30%. In Zhejiang province, prices increased by more than 10%. The average price of fresh leaves and finished crude tea, such as Dongting Mountain Bilochun and other famous green teas has increased by about 40%. Domestic prices for Westlake Dragonwell in Hangzhou, Zhejiang, Ranged from US dollars 145.90 dollars to 364.76 for 500 grams. Biluo Chun, Spiral Spring Green in Suzhou, Jiangsu, ranged from a low of 291.80 dollars to a thousand and two hundred. $35.58 for 500 grams. And Huangshan Maofeng, harvested in Huangshan, Anhui, averaged $87.54 to $233.44 per 500 grams. Higher prices are attributed to lower yields. The detrimental influence of high temperatures and drought in the summer and autumn of 2022 and a dry spring in early 2023 in the southwest tea region, Jiangbei tea region, South China tea region combined to slow early spring growth and germination of tea trees. Tea enterprises and tea gardens in various production areas are actively doing their best to minimize tea loss. Still, spring tea production is expected to decrease by about 20% this year, and output in some severely affected tea areas will likely decrease by more than 50% year on year. This is Si Chen reporting from Beijing, China. 下期再见,茶友们!
0: And now, a word from our sponsor, Hi, I'm Nish. I grew up in an
2: organic tea farm and I founded Nepal Tea Collective in 2016. Tea is not just a beverage for me, but a catalyst for social change, sustainably empowering hardworking artisans like my parents for the past 30 years. I'm on a mission to make the whole world aware of the goodness of Nepali teas and the good that comes from supporting growers in this remarkable land. If you haven't tasted Nepali teas yet, you're missing out. Our award-winning teas are making headlines. Find out why. Visit Nepal Tea Collective's website to get a free sample of this extraordinary taste of the Himalayas. That's NepalTeaCollective.com, or just send me an email at nish, n-i-s-h at NepalTeaCollective.com. Cheers.
0: T-Biz travels to New Delhi this week to discuss with Thottam Tea founder Balasarda a new line of 25 Indian spices that are grown free of adulterants and pesticides and manufactured without artificial colors. Globally, cooking at home became more popular during the pandemic, especially among consumers 30 to 35 years of age and with families. Vadam spices will be sold directly to consumers initially and later offered in grocery.
2: Vala Vadham Vadam turned eight this year. From launching Vadam as a brand that connects tea drinkers with producers to a range of superfoods with turmeric, moringa, and matcha, Vadam's journey has been about an Indian brand offering consumers across the world what they want direct from source. The latest addition to the brand is a range of Indian spices now offered not unlike the tea. We talked to Bala on the new launch and what it means for brand Wadam. Thank you, Bala, for joining us here at TeeBiz. I know it's a busy time for you. And First, congratulations on all the developments and in particular the la- launch of Wadam spices. So how did that come about and how does that fit into the larger Wadam brand?
3: Thanks, Arvinda, for having me on the show. i um, excited to be here. I think uh, just to give you a sense of, you know, our, our vision and our dream with which we are trying to build the brand, uh, you know, right, right from the early days, right? I started this almost eight years back in 2015. Uh, this month, we'll actually turn eight. And, and from day one, I think one of the key things we had identified, Arvinda, was this incredible opportunity which India as a country offers. I think if you really look at, A product like tea, uh, you know, as we all know, India is one of the largest producers and exporters of tea in the world. In fact, almost a quarter of the world's production of tea happens in India. Uh, You look at uh, tea growing regions like Darjeeling, Assam, Neelgiri, these are are GI indications, right? Just like your champagne and cognac in France. I think we genuinely know that there's a consensus among connoisseurs that India grows the finest tea in the world. In addition to that you know we looked at a category like spices even early on right where where if you if you look at the stats India is the largest producer and exporter of spices in the entire world, um, we have the largest variety of spices we make as a country. Um, uh, if you look at some of the more popular variants of spices, say a turmeric, 80% of the world's turmeric is actually made in India, and and the list goes on and on, right? Um, uh, you know, yoga, Ayurveda. There is so much India has to offer, and I think uh, you know very early on we realized that all these products. Uh, you know, are, are being exported from India at single digit margins. There is no Indian brand or there is no brand at origin, which is, you know, adding value and taking this product to consumers in global markets. There is no innovation in the category. Of course, as we know, right, supply chain was extremely broken, right? There were multiple middlemen, um, right, from a farmer in India to a consumer sitting anywhere across the world, um, so on and so forth, right? And that just told us that, you know, uh, there is an opportunity um, you know, for us as a brand to solve uh, solve that and make available a much better, higher quality, fresher product to consumers. Lastly and most importantly, as you know, right? India is one of the. also the largest employers of labor in India. You add spices to it. This is potentially the largest employer of organized labor in India. And India being the most populated country in the world now, according to some stats, I think this is a massive, massive industry we are talking about, which has been, you know, plagued with the stagnancy right the farmer costs have not gone up the prices of tea and spices have not gone up uh you know everybody wants to come out of this industry you know estate owners want to shut their estates down or sell it uh sell it away even though you know this is such an amazing business um, on the consumer facing side of things this is such an integral part of consumers life in in all these markets right and i think the biggest reason for that again was that there was no value addition and there was no there was no homegrown brand which was taking it uh, taking it to the world right so just like T where we said hey can we cut down middlemen source direct process it bring innovation to the product to our supply chain and make available a much better product to consumers uh, through the power of the internet of course as we all know right I think the crux of everything we do at Bhadam is the internet internet is not only democratized consumer brand building I think it's truly um, uh, Democratize global consumer brand building because today, sitting out of India, brand like Vadam can you know can sell to over three and a half million consumers globally, which I think is 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 was un- unimaginable right before the internet came in. Uh, so of course, the bedrock of our distribution is the internet. Uh, so when you combine all of this, you know the the gap in the market, the opportunity to make available a better product, plus obviously a, a strong differentiated brand story. There is obviously high trust with origin brands in all categories. Wines, scotch, chocolates, anything and everything, right? We've grown up, um, you know, believing that origin products are more trusting and for several reasons that is. Uh, and third is the internet is how we sort of built, uh, you know, our, our business in tea for the last eight years. That said, I think we were fortunate to see, uh, uh, you know, to see a, a tremendous response, um, you know, in, in 40, in, you know, everything we were doing. Uh, and, and I think there were two, three signals you know, which got us to get into spices. And I'll talk to you about all of that given today's about spices. I think, first of all, Arvinda is a lot of our teas has spices as an ingredient in them, right? In fact, you know, a lot of our herbal teas in fact don't have tea. It's basically a concoction of different spices. Um, you know, in addition to that, you know, we had re- launched this very innovative range of turmeric teas back in the day uh, in the US, which is now widely popular across the markets we are in. Very early on, I think a lot of our consumer... Started emailing me and telling the team that you know, while they love the quality of our spices when they consume tea, they do not have an alternate option which is as good uh, when they want to you know, use it for say lattes for their cooking for curries and you know so on and so forth. And that actually got us thinking that hey, there is a, a tremendous opportunity even in the spices market uh for applications which is non-tea, right? So that is that's that's something we've been receiving as customer feedback for the last three years, uh, in, if not more. Second, if you look at the brand, uh, Arvindavi, what we're trying to build, right? In the long term, over the next 10, 15, 20 years, whatever the long term vision of Vadham is to take the best of India to the world, right? going back to why we started, what we what we are doing with VADAM was, you know, can we take the best of India to the world under a proud, ethical, sustainable, homegrown label? And in that journey, we were also, you know, starting to think of after getting some stability in tea if i can put it like that we said what well, hey what's the second category we can get into and you know probably create uh, an impact uh, near to what we are trying to do in tea uh, is this what has got to think of spices as a very very natural progression right i'll give you a small example uh, you know we did this grand study to understand what consumers think of us selling spices, a lot of those consumers actually thought VADAM is already selling spices, right? So that just tells you that the perception was always that, you know, this is a brand which is bringing the best of India to the world. And and that again, you know, just reinforced our, our, our vision of, you know, doing and getting into spices. And lastly, and most importantly, I think over the last three years, we have spent a lot of time, uh, like tea in building the supply chain i think we have a very very similar model we work with a lot of direct farmers cooperatives. unlike tea i would say spices uh is slightly more disorganized you will see a lot many smaller farmers versus you know like a dajling is 87 estates in dajling right so i would call it organized versus you know um, somebody growing tulsi in uttar pradesh you know there will be Thousands and thousands of farmers doing that, right? So bringing them together, you know, with the consistency, the quality, you know, uh, of course, it's it's a product which is exclusively available outside India. So obviously there are several parameters around the use of pesticides, the product being organic, the product being pesticides and toxins-free, right? So I think we spent a lot of time over the last three years, Or more, in fact, I think, you know, because for tea, we had started using it. uh, But we got very, very serious about it over the last 24, 36 months in the spices category as well. And then we were sure that now we can, you know, we have something which we can scale is when we decided to finally get into spices around, you know, our 8th Founders Day.
2: You talked about the supply chain innovation. You talked about the product innovation. So what were the lessons you were able to bring from the journey you've had with tea into spices?
3: I'll start with product ravinda I think their uh, first time entrepreneurs can be very naive and I'll be very very honest with that right sometimes you think you have you've have created a product and there is a demand for that one of the things which I learned in my journey at Wadham teas you know building the tea category um which we still I think it's still very very early days and we're still building that so don't get me wrong there but I think um uh, uh, was how do you listen to your customers more right so here I think instead of believing what we can make available to customers, which is what we did with T in the early days. Here, everything was customer driven, right? I think, and it was, you know, a lot of, like I said, right, the signal for us to get into this category came from customers, which we then obviously we took that signal, went very deep, probed our current customers, did multiple studies in the market to firstly understand, should we do it? If we do it, what are the kind of products we need to do? What are the real challenges, uh, you know, in this category? And then obviously we identified trust as a big deficit, right? There was a big trust deficit, you know, especially for products coming out of India, right? You would have a foreign label branding. It is packed in America, but obviously the tea, the spices being Indian, which was still being accepted. But you know, again, like what, what I saw with tea early on as well, right? We saw that with spices. So I think we very early on realized that how do you build amazing trust with the customer? And, you know, it's is going to be super critical around, you know, everything we do. And of course, having the Vadham brand equity, all of that extending that made a big difference in helping us do that. But from a product side of things, i right? like to give you a small example, you know, we work with. Um, organic certified farmers across India, right? Most of our spices are certified organic, whichever, which can be. uh, And we will try to keep it that despite the fact that we also want to work with a lot of small farmers who on paper have absolutely toxin and pesticide free product, but which can't be potentially certified organic because of, you know, if you have one acre of land, you know, just the cost of certification is so high. So we also want to support them. Uh, but, you know, how uh, we build trust by, you know, ensuring that all our spices are tested in European labs, right, which are considered to be the most, the highest standards in terms of, you know, testing parameters and, you know, just the sensitivity of that instruments around the product. So, I think a lot of these things, uh, you know, were, were very, very critical to us getting to the product and what's our brand positioning, what's our go-to market, how do we, what do we communicate to our consumers, and I think that that's the one learning. I think all of this we did was actually basis all our learnings we got in the tea category and things we went wrong, or fumbled rather uh, several times in our journey building the tea category. That would be number uh, one. Uh, and on the supply chain piece, I think Arvind, I think to be honest, I believe it's a playbook we are trying to build. Right? If you look at tea and spices, I think the only fundamental difference was that spices was a slightly more tougher and disorganized category versus even tea. But I think uh, the the principles of our supply chain, right? Which is how do we ensure we source direct from farmers? You know how do we cut out middlemen? How do we ensure that you know we sort of address the fragmented supply chain? You know how do we ensure that there is enough? No matter where you source it from, there is a you know we all our spices are packed at our own facility, right? So we again, like the source, process, blend and package 100% of our spices within our facility today, right? It's a BRC certified A-grade facility in the NCR region uh, near to the Delhi airport. And then sort of, you know, ship it out to consumers, right? Investing in supply chain early on can give you long-term results is, again, something we knew very, very closely. So I think broadly, no real learnings in the supply chain piece because you know that's really what we had done probably right in T. Um, and, and you know just how do you scale that up and do it in a slightly different category is really the challenge Mm-hmm. Uh, we are addressing since the last 24 months. Why have Indian
2: spices never been marketed as single origin spices? Is it because it's also a heavily commoditized segment?
3: I think two reasons, Arvinda. I think one, definitely, I think it's it's been very, very commoditized. The, the category, the product has been extremely commoditized uh, over the years, even though it's an amazing, such an important part of our lives, it adds flavor, spice, so much life to your kitchen, to your food, to everything you consume, right? And and a lot of things uh, which don't even command that level of impact in your life still have been marketed better. So I think it was just about somebody taking that step and trying to at least, you know, market uh, the product better. And, you know, that's really the the first understanding we had, right? That it's a commoditized market, but it's very, very important to the consumer, which means there is a potential to sort of create a differentiated brand positioning in this category. And that's what we're really trying to do. And second, I think, you know, I think India grows the best spices in the world, Arvind. I think there is absolutely no doubt uh, again, not because I run now uh, a category of spices through our brand, but I think if you compare it, I think there's a general consensus among chefs all over the world, among food connoisseurs, enthusiasts that the flavor, the aroma, the density of oils, just the quality of Indian spices is phenomenal. And when that is there, I think it makes sense to, you know, uh, help market the origin, right? Why, can, why can't why uh, can uh, a Lakadong turmeric not be as popular as a Darjeeling first flush? or a Kerala cardamom or a telichari black pepper be as popular as a black tea from Assam, right? I think it's it all comes down to, you know, making that high-quality product available consistently, branding it, positioning it, and just ensuring that there is trust. And trust is built by, you know, just doing the right thing several times over and over, right, for several years, right? And that's really what we envision to do with spices. And I think if we can do that, I believe, you know, Indian origin spices can really stand... Get a, real estate, a lot of real estate even in foreign retailers and, of course, most all in the minds of our, our mainstream consumers in these markets.
2: The so Western market is an important focused market for you, isn't it? So when will you launch Spices for India?
3: I think, I mean on a lighter note, I think like our strategy, the 24 hours in our day has also been consistent and that has not changed. So I think it is just a matter of, to be very honest, I think it's just been a matter of focus and, you know, like tea, right? We never said it's always about when we will do India rather than if if we will do India, right? And I think just given the bandwidth, the depth of the market, the impact we can potentially create with the time and the resources we have as a team, we just realized that it is more efficient and more effective to sort of focus on some of these markets first. Um, and that's, that's really what we did with teas and that's exactly uh, what we are trying to do with spices as well. But that said, I think, you know, once we are able to get some Understanding and we are able to create some impact in foreign markets. Of course, we will end up uh, coming and launching in the India market also, hopefully soon.
2: Has the choice of people you've sought for brand endorsements and partnerships been about building trust uh, with spices? You now have Vikas Khanna. So, what was the thought behind this partnership?
3: This is our first. If I, I don't even use the word commercial because Vikas is genuinely and truly a fan of Vadam he was our consumer even with teas and when he got to know about spices, he's like, we have to do this together and we sort of collaborated. Uh, even though there is obviously, yes, there is a commercial collaboration to a small level there. But before that, till today, I think every endorsement, right, from an Opera to an Ellen to Mariah Carey to Nicole Scherzinger very recently, these are 100% organic or revenue share partnerships uh, where these were people who were Fans of the brand, and that's why, like I said, we've been very lucky and fortunate to been, you know, have been able to get our products to them, and you know, them appreciating the the brand, the story, and everything we are doing, and and you know, so that in all these partnerships you see are actually 100% organic, and I can say that on the record because they are. I think with spices, like I said, um, you know, we were very sure that one, it is a category which is. uh, 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 foreign to tea, right? So people were, you know, they. VADAM is considered as a tea brand and, you know, we're doing that transition. So I think to, to sort of put that message out, we wanted a slightly higher impact in terms of the kind of people we can reach and the noise we can create. And that's number one. Number two, like I said, I think trust being very, very important to, to the entire process, right? And, and a Michelin star chef, a master chef, judge, endorsing a brand of spices which is native to his country i think stays a lot uh, somebody who's been in pretty much approached by any and every country every spice company in the world or or at least from india and then third is i think no better way you know to take uh, indian spices to the world with the man who's actually you know who's been at the forefront and the flag bearer of taking indian cuisine uh, Indian aromas, you know to to a modern consumer and to to you know the mainstream audience in markets like the America, right? like like the us. So I think absolute you know uh, no brainer for us to you know uh, uh, work with him and you know and we hope to sort of continue this partnership for a on, on a long term basis. So how will the spice segment expand? what's the pipeline for you? Absolutely. so I'm firstly very, very excited uh, to to be doing this. I think it's a incredibly large opportunity. Uh, more importantly, we are very, very, very passionate about taking uh, India under a proud ethical homegrown label to the world. And, you know, I think I'm taking it to consumers, right? So I think with spices, we can also get much more time and much more, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, much more from a consumer's day, you know, because you spend so much more time cooking and eating your food and cooking curries and lattes and all of that. So I think that's 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 really very, very exciting for us and, you know, driving us to sort of do this and try and make this successful. But from a, from a product perspective, like I said, right, we're coming out with almost 20 to 25 single origin spices. Um, in the first phase, that's really what we're doing. So the best of Indian single origin spices, right, from your turmeric to ginger to black pepper, clove, any and every spices you spice you can think of, right from Himalayan rock salt, um, a chili powder from some, several, tea, uh, tea, uh, several spice growing regions in, 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 in India. Uh, and in addition to that, in the next phase, you will see a lot of uh, spice mixes and seasonings coming from our portfolio, which is basically a pre-made concoction. I think it's going to be the same spices we, we are selling a single origin. But, you know, for people who like their spices in a certain ratio as a certain concoction, you know, our spice blends and our spice mixes, right, from a chai masala to a lot of these Indian tastes to even some very, very modern American flavors, you know, uh, because ultimately the application needs to be for an American or a European and our mainstream consumer to actually use it in in his or her daily life. So you will see a lot of that also uh, coming from us. And lastly, I think it's very important to position the, the category in a certain way. And I think... For far long, I think, you know, the uh, the spices category has not been disrupted. The spice box is still a very boring uh, part of your kitchen. We want to sort of enlighten that. We want to, you know, we want to make it colorful. We want to make, we want to add a lot of color, brand, storytelling to that. And you will see a lot of, you know, assortments and gifts and all of that also coming from our portfolio, uh, you know, like what we did with tea, uh, you know, to sort of just ensure that, you know, consumers perceive of this product in a much better way than they do today the dream rather i actually uh, is is to actually create this platform of high quality indian products create an entity create a brand which is really trusted which is consistent uh, which which is which is at par global brands take you know india as a brand and make that more trusted ultimately is really what what makes us very very passionate it's a great feeling when you see uh, you know uh, an indian brand selling in a bloomingdales or a or a Whole Foods Canada or a Sprouts Farmer's Market, right? Which is packed in India from India. And and I think that's really what drives us every day. So I think like tea, I think, you know, spices is an absolute Indian category, um, you know, and and we deserve a global player uh, creating impact in this category, not only in the US, not only in Europe, but several and pretty much all countries globally. Because like I said, 80% of the world's turmeric comes from India. Most of the world's ashwagandha comes from India. And these are, these are, Life-changing spices. These are spices which can you know, uh, which can help you live a better life, better lifestyle. You know your your mental health, bunch of things, right? So there's also a lot of strong wellness connotations attached to spices like tea. So I think it's just very exciting for us to you know uh, take this um, from India to the world, and you know we will do everything it takes to sort of make this available to consumers and hopefully make it worth their while.
2: So there was tea, then you had superfoods, and now you have spices. So is Brand Vazam, a story that's still being written?
3: It is, it is. For uh, most definitely, Arvind. I think you're probably in the second chapter, like I said, and probably hopefully it's a longer book than we would also imagine. And I think, but I think one step at a time, and I think for us, I think just two critical goals is how do we ensure everything we're doing in tea and how do we go deeper in that? And while at the same time we make spices a success from a from product market fit perspective, is really what we are focusing on this year. And hopefully, you'll see more coming out from our umbrella over the next over the next year or so.
0: Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T Biz journalists and T experts? Remember to visit the T Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-biz.biz. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week.